One, two, three, go. Jeez. It's Andrew from Toon Talk Radio in association with Nova Radio as well in Newcastle. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show or get on the show or listen to the show, it's www.toontalk.co.uk or call 0191-538-9781. And if you've got on any handheld device, just go to Google Play and then hit www.novaradio.co.uk and you can listen to us anywhere in the world. As with with all the rumours on Newcastle United, what a tremendous week it's been for us. We're now possibly in the throes of being taken over by four or possibly five different um, organisations. Big hitters, all told. Well, that's what everybody seems to be mm. saying. Newcastle United uh, win a pretty drabby game on Saturday against Crystal Palace. So much to go through on that. Uh, the man of the moment is my uh, co-commentator, Neil Mitchell, who seems to be in quite high demand with his publications. I'd like to bring Neil Mitchell in from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. I'm very well, thank you. You're Good to resident, hear. Your resident media whore here. <laughs> I did think so. You know, you're putting yourself out there, writing all the articles. You just that seem to be the man of the moment. That was chanted at me in a way game once. <laughs> quite amusingly never mind it's in, in a former life um, yeah but look as you well know and probably anybody who listens to the show regularly I'm a bit of a gobshite and I've got an opinion and I don't mind to share it um, and I'm quite happy to to run with it particularly as a lot of the interest seems to be coming from this this part of the world mm-hmm. I can chuck a new name into the mix today Okay, well, what, what, let me write you it down. an absolutely new name into the mix today that nobody will have heard of. Okay, so obviously with the, the interesting thing with Dubai is probably everybody's been known the last couple of weeks with the, the show breaking lots of stories, which I don't mm. think people realise. Uh, if I'm being honest, a lot of stories that the Chronicle have been running and we've had them before they've had them. So um, as people are aware that Amanda Stavely who uh, we've talked about uh, with, in glowing terms uh, with regards to Newcastle United. Um, we've, there's obviously four to five going on. Dubai seems to be the hub of action. Um, we've obviously, I, think, I think you remember last week we mentioned a, a Russian guy from the Brooklyn uh, Nets, I believe. So tell me... Prokhorov, yes. Yeah, I was trying to explain Prokhorov. that to somebody the other day and I guess it wasn't going very well when I was saying it. But... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, tell, tell, tell yeah. me, uh, with breaking news as we do normally on uh, the show, tell tell Newcastle United fans and other sports people who this uh, other person could be. They're a Bahraini family uh, called Dadabai, who are one of the biggest uh, real estate developers amongst other things in Bahrain. Um, real estate, hospitality, logistics. Um, that's the that's the background in hello. That's yeah. jolly noise. Um, and it's it it sort of crept out through two or three places over here, and then I saw somebody squeeze it out on Twitter today, and I thought, ooh, that's interesting. So I did a little bit of digging. My understanding is that the question mark is are they rich enough? Well, that's always going to be the case, isn't even, it? Even though they're a Bahraini family, you have to say... Mm. Uh, uh, but what it does show, and this this is comes back to something I've written about over the last couple of weeks, um, seemingly ad infinitum, that this is all part of a little bit of a Gulf power play. And I think it's all posturing. Everybody wants... Mm a share but also everybody everybody wants to stick it to Qatar <laughs> and 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 I'm serious it it, it 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 has that feel to it to me is is that um particularly now one of the problems we've got at the moment is that being sports in Qatar are not allowed to show all of the 3 p.m. games at the minute on a Saturday again they've had their rights taken away from them and they're only allowed to show one game and they're not even allowed to show highlights of the other games. You've got Andy Gray talking you through the goals as they go in. Um, and, it's, um, and it was a number of weeks. The last time that happened, it was supposedly over encryption issues. Well, as far as I understand, the encryption has improved significantly. And there's no encryption issues, but it's not unconnected, I believe, in the fact that one of PSG's chairman, who's uh, Qatari, has been arrested about the rights for the FIFA World Cup. Yeah, I heard and, uh, that, yeah. Therefore, you've got this big Gulf power play going on out here, and it's all about looking at what Qatar have done with PSG. And and make no mistake about this either. The purchase of Neymar was a political statement on behalf of Qatar. In the midst of everything that they were doing with, with Saudi and with, with the other Gulf states out here, while they were trying to restrict them and, and limit them, there was two fingers to the rest of the Gulf. And there's no doubt about that. Well, let's bring in uh, Steve Hasty from Newcastle Fans Forum, who's just actually come back from Dubai. Um, you probably might yes. be just hearing this. You might be just hearing this tonight, Steve, that uh, Newcastle are now linked uh, with a takeover from uh, the news coming out from Neil mentioned tonight uh, was from Bahrain. So tell me, what was your what, what did you what were you like when you were in ba- in, in Dubai? Uh, obviously meeting with Neil as well, I presume. So. Uh, what was what's your feel about this now that you here in Bahrain are also interested? It's quite interesting stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think it's uh, good evening, guys. It's it is interesting. I think uh, I think one of the one of the things that we we've, we've discussed on a number of occasions is nobody actually knows where the bid for Newcastle United uh, is coming from. We know that it's uh, it's Middle Eastern based, um, and and it's, the spin I would put on it, you just have to look at the, at the Premier League. And you look at uh, the, the the clubs that are sitting at the top of the Premier League, and 
A, who would be available, and, and B, who owns them. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not available, but looking at the clubs that are above us in the league, um, clubs that have be- recently been bought, um, who owns those clubs, and what would make Newcastle interesting uh, from a buyer's point of view. Now, you mentioned Neil's just been talking about Qatar there. Obviously, Qatar own Manchester City, and they're sitting out at the top of the league. But uh, as Neil's mentioned, politically, no. uh, the situation in Qatar is, is, is very... Uh, with, with its relationship with the rest of the Middle East is very uh, unstable. I think that's mm-hmm. correct to say, isn't it, Neil? I've I got to correct you there. Abu Dhabi own... Sorry, own Abu Dhabi. You're yeah. right. But Qatar do own, own PSG. That's and right. you're right. Uh, the, the whole point of... Um, I'm telling you now, Man City, Man City's owners, I'm quite sure, would love to come across PSG in European competition. <laughs> that, would, yeah. that would become That would become personal. Um, and that's exactly what it's all about. There's a lot of uh, mine's bigger than yours going on. Do you want to do you want to compare the size of yours? And and it's happening in every aspect. And I wouldn't surprise me if this investigation into the, the chairman and the FIFA television rights hasn't stemmed from information delivered by other Gulf states. Absolutely. And football is now a political football, quite literally. I think think you'll also say, Neil, that anyone who's been to to Dubai recently will know what football means in that country, what it's like, what it's like over the whole of the Far East. The interest in in football, Mm. the interest particularly in the Premier League, is vast. You 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 go into the sports shops and it's it's just all the... All the clubs, but interestingly, all the clubs that are that are owned by Middle Eastern <laughs> Middle Eastern consortia as well, you know, or clubs that are sponsored by Middle Eastern companies, you know, Emirates are all over the you know, all over the shirts, um, you know, that you look at the you look at the clubs, you know, you've got the Madrids of this world, and like you say, you've got you've got the PSGs and you've got the Manchester Cities. They're the, they're the clubs whose shirts are yes, they're the big clubs, you know, but they're the shirts that you're seeing um, in the sports shops with the big displays in the windows, you know, with the Adidas yep. and the Pumas of this world, you know. It, football's huge, and you know, you, you switch on that TV in your hotel room, and uh, you get a whole raft of, of uh, Arab TV channels. Um, mm-hmm sports channels in particular and it's just wall-to-wall football from all over the Gulf you know not not Premier League football and um, channels devoted to, to Gulf football as well you know oh, um, yeah, if, 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 you, if, if you go on to something like Al Has which is like the one of the uh, Arabic football channels and you can have sort of something from the Bahraini second division live Yes. And they talk about it like it's the World Cup final. <laughs> it's also interesting, Neil, as you're driving around, they, 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 especially when you get out beyond beyond the main city centre there, you know, from, from the... From cheap the, as uh, cheap, Well, it's not that. That's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say was that there's, there's floodlights everywhere. There's sports yep. arenas, mm-hmm. um, whether they're police sports arenas or um, whether they're, they're schools, uh, city sports arenas. Every district seems to have a... A huge set of floodlights, and it's not just that. There's not just the four around the main pitch; it's around the training pitches and the facilities where kids are playing football. Yeah. It's everywhere. You know, I was yeah. I was gobsmacked. You drive along the road, and you know the Scotswood Road, the equivalent of, and you just mm-hmm. see a set of floodlights, and you see another set on the other side of the road, and it's a different right. sports club. And the thing, you know, the thing that people don't get, though, and this is this is something I have a discussion with 
with the lads on the radio over here, Chris McCarty and, and what have you, who obviously Andrew and I have had on the show a few times, yeah. um, is, is that there is a disconnect. These sports clubs, and, and they're, they're all run, if you imagine, they're all like mini Barcelona type setups, whereby the football club's the overriding club, but there's a volleyball club, there's a basketball club, there's yeah. another, they're all, they're all linked into the club. And it's a sporting club. And the buses come and get the kids from school and take the kids, and they all use these great facilities. However, it's very insular to the local population. And there's a big disconnect to the expat fans. And that's, and that's to me, is where they, they really let themselves down. Because they have this massive opportunity to connect with the, the, the expat population in a much wider way through sport. And if you talk to somebody like Chris Brown, who runs one of the biggest football academies here, down um, called It's Just Football, um, Chris's ex-crew, Alexandra, and he's got um, people like Derek White, ex-Middlesbrough, involved with it, and uh, uh, I think Dale Gordon does a few things for him and what, and what have you. Um, and, and you talk, Chris, and Chris sometimes kind of get his kids a game against the local team's kids, even though they could probably whip their asses. And there's a total disconnect. Um, and, and I think they're just scratching the surface of the potential of the depth of connection that football, but sport and the wider thing could make. Because you're quite right, Steve. Everywhere you turn, there's a stadium and the, the facilities are fab. I could have taken you, um, when you were here, up out in the desert up to Um Al-Quain or up into Ras al where the family live and take you to somewhere like uh, Jazeera Al-Hamra, which is out near... Uh, on the coast near Ras al-Khaimah on the way to Oman. And there's a magnificent little stadium on the way to the border post. You're trying to go, go to the Omani border and turn around. And there's this, this it must be a 10,000 all-seater stadium with two sets of artificial pitches outside and a wonderful pitch and floodlights. And it's the equivalent of like a, like a village team. You know, they've got all these things here, but that's that's how they feel about the football. It's that important here. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a a great a great place to to actually be there and um, you know to, to to hang just just to hang out around there. It sounds like a really uh, invigorating and you know a place where people go there and just want to play sports. Yeah, I think it is. I think I think it's well. It's it's one of those places where you're getting you're getting the weather. You're getting well treated. You know, the hotel facilities are second to none. Uh, the infrastructure, um, you know, the, the metro system that they have there now. Um, although having said that, the roads uh, do get very very congested. Uh, an hour and twenty minutes in a traffic jam, and you're watching the meter taking over, and you're thinking this is going to cost us a fortune. And when you arrive, it's actually only been eleven quid, and you've only travelled five kilometres. But <laughs>
it's uh, in their part of India, it's monsoon season, so mm. it would be rained out. So they basically brought the entire team, stuck them in a hotel for eight weeks, down at Jabal Ali, and they're using the wonderful pitches. And our Josh used to play on the um, on this 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 training area, and it's it's out at Jabal Ali at the golf resort, uh, and there's sort of six artificial pitches, and again, fabulous facilities, and they've got them all training. It's where um, Sunderland and QPR came a couple of seasons ago. Um, there's also a big competition on, isn't there, Neil? In uh, in December, I believe. Um, yes, yeah, we've got the yeah. we've got the FIFA World uh, Club Tournament. So Real Madrid are going to be over, and where you get all the champions, like champions of Europe, champions of Asia, champions of South America, etc., 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 all play off in this very convoluted multi-playoff system. They're playing games out at Al Ain, which is um, one of the garden cities in Abu Dhabi, which uh, Al Ain are sort of the the, one of the big football clubs here in the UAE, and they're also playing in Abu Dhabi at, uh, at the National Stadium. So they'll be playing, I think it's about six games in total between the two grounds. Big tournament, you know, uh, big names. It's the tournament that Man United played in once and had to miss the FA Cup because of scheduling That's conflicts. Right. Yeah. It's that, that tournament. And, and, so that's and, and there's, already, there's, already, a, and it's big there's already a buzz, isn't there? There's already a yeah, buzz over there about already. it. You know, Absolutely. It's, you know, it's two months to go, you know. You can, you get, well, the signs were up in the supermarkets and They did stores. the draw. Where, while you were over, they did the draw. And it was on seven or eight channels live. <laughs> Again, you'd think they were drawing the actual World Cup, you know. <laughs> well, let's talk... Obviously, it sounds like a great time to be had in this, obviously... Uh, interesting news on on um, the fact that Bahrain could be interested in Newcastle. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, obviously, with the game on Saturday, uh, we woke up to reports, uh, probably ill-founded and I would suggest a little bit malicious uh, in intent. But um, that if uh, if uh, and it's a big it's a big if when it comes to buying Newcastle, uh, there could be 500 million available uh, to to Rafa Benitez and then of course you get that and then all, all again uh, we have tonight that um, Everton have sacked Ronald Koeman uh, which you know it's particularly shocking I think uh, and I've I, I've always said on this program that if if um, somebody came knocking for Rafa Benitez and as um, uh, John Richards has already said it, and many others have said that uh, there's a five million release clause for well, Rafa Benitez. How many, how many times would that's not going to happen? Not, oh, I know, but it is out there that that. that no, it, well, yeah, it's yeah. out there that there's five hundred million. And he's being he's being linked on um obviously. Yeah, he's being, well, so is Alan Pardew. Let's talk about that one then. Alan Pardew's been linked with it. You know, Coleman's uh, been uh, sacked primarily because he won two games out of what eight or nine and he spent over 150 million pound in 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 the close season they finished seventh last year and he failed to buy a strike at a replace a bloke and he sold 75 million quid now that's why he's been sacked and the, mm-hmm. the club's panicking and it, it's as simple as that and and you know what Kuhlman's attitude when he was sacked was shrug of the shoulders walk away ah well so what that tells mm-hmm. you an awful lot about ronald Coleman and 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 well, coming symptomatic of something that's going seriously wrong with Dutch football at the moment. Yes. The Dutch football's on its knees. The managers seem to be on their knees. That are dotted all around. The attitude 
I don't know whether it's an attitude that comes from Holland. We've seen it at tournaments year in, year out, whenever they've gone away. You can guarantee that they'll turn up, the national team will turn up with a tournament and, and they'll implode, not on the football pitch, but off the football pitch with, with ridiculous arguments over who's the, the, who gets the biggest plate or who, who gets the silveriest fork to eat off. You know, you name it, there seems to be a falling out on it. And, and we're just getting Dutch managers all over the place being sacked. Um, and their attitude is shrug the shoulders, move on. There'll be another meal ticket coming along another time. They haven't made the World Cup. They didn't make the European Championships. Um, they're completely uh, in the doldrums nationally. Um, they're not pulling up any trees in the Champions League. Um, the leagues are shocking, and there's always been a feeder league since the 80s for the rest of Europe. Um, there's been always a myth about about uh, Ajax and the, the fantastic facilities and how. They basically just spent their entire time being a feeder for for other clubs and youngsters coming out and um, being snapped up by other 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 clubs dotted around. So it's like sort of a conveyor belt of a meal ticket that keeps them going. They don't get the attendances. They don't get the TV coverage anymore. Um, and <laughs> what what we've got in, in in this country is we've got we've got a Premier League, which is bringing in more money than than ever before. Um, we've got clubs getting stronger, but that comes with what comes with that is, is owners getting twitchy uh, and twitchy because of, of you know everybody is is under pressure. Um, who will it be next week? Well, it can't be any any manager of Everton, so it's going to have to be the manager of another football club next week that's going to be felt under pressure. What Stoke, <laughs> possibly? It's interesting. Andrew, Andrew, I'll tell you something else as well. To link Rafa to Everton is as lazy and easy journalism as it is to say we are deluded, demanding, and all the other things that we're accused of. It's such a lazy, easy thing to say, and they'll trot it out because there you go with the will. You, I think you've already had responses when you brought it up on Twitter earlier today from yeah. Everton fans who wouldn't have him there, and there'll be a, a lot of them. It would be like putting Martin O'Neill at Newcastle United. Yeah. Actually, the one the one person that I th- really, I I'm going to suggest really they'll they'll go for is going to be Daesh, because they, I I think because how long has he been at Burnley now? Five years, four or five years, and he never seems to get any credit. The way that he gets his teams to play, you can imagine him, you know, doing well. The, Moyes was it? Yeah, I think I think Moyes being linked back is lazy. I think out of everything that's happened, I think. You know, he, he's as a manager. I would suggest I'm not going to say he's done, but he, he may have to wait a while before he gets back in there. But I, I, I put that suggestion to an Everton support and colleague of mine, and he nearly stuck a dental probe up my nose. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's the thing. It's 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 no question of when you think about Benitez, because the thing is, it's, it's it, there's such an amount of excitement with Newcastle now, and it's quite interesting actually. I, the one person. That I I wouldn't say I listen to, but um, the fact that this takeover could happen, might happen, whatever. Um, Garth Crooks says probably the first one I've heard say the words. Well, look at he's got them to he's got us to six six sevenths in the league with some serious investment. He would you could look to Newcastle becoming title title challengers, and he's the I first what, one that really said that. Job. None of us said that. Because again, exactly. could be branded deluded, mad, <laughs> insane. You know, who do you think you are? Well, 
you know, I'll pass it to my representative, Mr. Garth Crooks. Yeah, was it was it Garth Crooks who said in, in August that he felt as though Rafa's attitude was playing off on the players yeah. and that uh, he, he should go? <laughs> and, and we would probably get relegated because Rapper had taken the hoof at not being able to get the signings that were coming in and his attitude would rub off on the on the club and on the fans and that would probably get relegated again. And then, what, less than two months later, he thinks we could be charging for the league. The man, Garth Crooks, Charlie Nicholas said the other day that he could see he could see Everton getting a result against, uh, against Arsenal and he, put, he said, you know, load your money on that. And where do we end up? They got beat five two at home. You know, Paul Merson has had our result wrong oh, every no, single week. You know, as mm. has Mark Lawrenson every single week. Those guys would have had us maybe sitting third or fourth bottom if we if we took the pundits who are getting paid astronomical amounts of money to sit in front of a TV camera and come up with their predictions because that's all they are predictions. You know, and plus, plus we had plus we had. Um, Kieran Dyer on, uh, I think it was last Monday or last... Kieran no. Dyer and Craig Bellamy uh, yeah. coming up and, and rewriting history and rewriting, um, again, the ridiculously delusional aspect of being a Newcastle fan that we put too much pressure on, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Absolute rubbish. Steve, I have to bring in my main guest this evening, so just, just bear with me a moment. Uh, my main guest this evening is uh, Matt Smith, uh, the world's uh, experience includes BT Sport, BBC, Talk Sport and others. Good evening, Matt. How are you? I'm all right, Andrew. How are you? I'm not too bad. And it actually says the ITV smoothie. <laughs> 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 it's amazing right. what you see on Google, isn't it? <laughs> not, not my word, mate. Not my word. <laughs> Still hoping so, to be rough around the edges. That's my, that's my motto in life. Hoping to be rough around the edges. The, the good thing about you, Matt, because obviously I watch you uh, a, lot, a lot of time on TV, you make it seem very, very easy. Now, I was going to say, at the, st- at the start of the programme, I always get nervous on this show, which is uh, surprising for me because I, I love to talk. But um, when you're on that show and obviously you've got all these you know, characters from different sports on there, sure. what's it like? Uh, be- you know, obviously you've got the audio cube. But what's it like um, being... Being in that situation and lights, camera, action. Well, uh, it's something you get used to. I'm not sure it's the most natural situation in the world. I think it's something you learn. I don't think it's uh, there's anything you can really prepare yourself for other than the experience of being in, in it, really. So I think you learn from experience. Uh, those that are natural are those that cope with pressure, really. It's a bit like, I suppose, a duck on a pond in the sense that the duck seems to move serenely across the pond, but obviously under the water, there's a lot going on. So um, that's the analogy I might draw, uh, and I'm probably not the first to use that, but it it seems straightforward. And to be honest, at its core, aside from the technical aspect, in the end, you're talking about something you're really interested in and your guests, hopefully, are really interested in. The people at home are really interested in it. So... Working in sport is, is no hardship, is it? Let's be honest. You're not digging holes. You're not down the mine. You're not out on the motorways, you know, laying tarmac. I mean, you know, let's keep yeah, it in true. perspective here. What's it, what's, when it comes to the, uh, I suppose, when it comes to pundits being on there, uh, as me and Steve and Neil have been talking about, when it comes to pundits and they come on and they talk mm. about Newcastle, there seems to be a, a disconnect, and I'm sure Steve will go into this in a minute as well, but when it comes to 
what's actually fact and what's fiction, what what Newcastle United fans obviously we'll get to Rafa in a second, but yeah. uh, actually want as as a as a city and as a movement because Newcastle United has always been one of those clubs that it's 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 not just one thing uh, that we do it it's everything's around that club and uh, it's it's such a, a massive infrastructure around the yeah. whole team and it's there's only one only one club in that in that city but we seem to be always it's like sometimes I have to say I watch TV and I think to myself my god I want to be in that studio and I want to not throttle them but um, <laughs> you just you, you want somebody to say even if it's, even if even if it's a presenter to say right a little bit of pushback because when they go on there uh, and I've seen you know I've watched you on TV and there's some of the combustion when it comes to opinions it's like estrogen, isn't it? It's like it's like oh, I've got an opinion. I want to make yeah. sure I'm heard. So, do you do you find that with Newcastle? Because when it comes to us being represented, I I don't think we are most of the time. Are you? Um, no, I think I think there's probably a reasonable representation of, of uh, if you're talking about kind of ex Newcastle players. Mm-hmm. Then I'm thinking of off the top of my head those that I've worked with. I've worked, obviously I work quite a lot with Jermaine Genius, who, yeah, who Jermaine. always talks fondly. And I think with some some uh, passion about not a Newcastle lad, but talks with interest about it. Obviously, Alan uh, is very prominent. I work with him occasionally. Not being a BBC guy these days, I don't see as much mm. of him, but I do see him from time to time. And he's, I, I think, a, you know, a very prominent member of, if you like, the kind of punditry uh, pop panel across, you know, people's consciousness across the different channels. Uh, and there's, there's, there's a few others. Bellas obviously crops up now and again. Um, Shay Given, obviously, uh, there's, there's, there's a number who've, who've turned out for the black and white down the years. So um, Rob Lee, Lee Bowyer, they've all done little bits. You know, it's, it's Speedo in his time. So you've not been short, I don't think, of people to talk on Newcastle's behalf. But whether, however many of them are Geordies, I mean, with Alan being the obvious exception, not that many are, are local born and bred. But then you could increasingly say that of most teams these days. I mean, you think about in 20 years, where the pundit's going to come from, because lads who grew up and played for their hometown team are going to be almost impossible to find, aren't they? Yeah. Steve? Yeah, Mark. Hi, welcome. Um, I, I don't, Hello, I don't think that, I, I, don't, I don't think what, what gets Newcastle fans is the fact that uh, the, 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 the conversation is, is critical of Newcastle. I think what, what right. we get is when it's, when it's sort of, um, it's off the mark, if you like, it's, it's not, it's not coming from anything other than a, a critique. It's it's um, how how can you put it? Um, it's it's the cliched, you know. Oh, they're uh, deluded, or you know, they're, they're expecting success, and you know, they're never going to get success, and you know, they're, right. you know, they're, they're up in arms because it's free. We, we couldn't care less whether the, the guy who's doing the talking is a Cockney, a, a Welshman, a Dutchman, yeah. a German, you know, uh, a, a, a Brit. Uh, a guy from Crossfest, it doesn't really matter to us. What we want is we want we want sensible conversation um, that's that's well educated, that it's yeah. it's well thought out, and it's it's not just cliched stuff. Alan Alan's great at what he does. Alan will criticise the football club and criticise performance that it's needed, and that's quite right because yeah. Alan's a Alan's a fan. Um, Jermaine, he, he, he's he's stuck the boot in when we played very badly. But if you were sitting in the pub with us, we'd be sticking the boot in as yeah. well. We'd yeah. very bad. Yeah, exactly. what, we would, exactly. what we wouldn't be coming out with was the, the old cliched, uh, oh, well, we're all sitting around this table and it's because we're all deluded that we're, 
you know, we're expecting us okay. to win today, you know, that yeah, type yeah. of thing that I think gets okay. the noses in your castle, the castle supporters. Well, if you're, if you're, right then is that Newcastle gets a bit pigeonholed. I mean, it's a bit lazy. Some of the punditry is lazy in the sense that yes. Newcastle as a club and Newcastle fans, there's a, there's a you know, a, a, a split really between what their hopes and dreams are. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of same old line that gets trotted out. They expect to be in the league. They haven't won it for young. Cause, yeah. You know, and, and that, that is lazy. And uh, to be honest, you can, you can spot, we can all spot a good pundit from a lazy one pretty quickly, mm, can't we? Because yeah. the, the good ones take something you haven't thought of, you know, really, in, in regards to any club, in regards to any game. They should be telling you things you can't see for yourself. If they're telling you stuff you already know, what's the point of them being there? Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah you, know, you, know, you know better than most what's going on at your club. And, and it is particular to the one city club. They are a goldfish bowl in a way that mm. even massive clubs, for instance, the two Manchester clubs, the two Liverpool clubs, the London clubs, because they share their space with one other team or more, it, it changes the dynamic. Once there's only one team in a city, uh, and it isn't often the case, obviously Leeds and Newcastle are two of the biggest clubs that have that luxury, if you like, then everything gets magnified, but it also gets pigeonholed all the time. They're just one thing. And, 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 Nothing really changes unless the club gets sold or, or a, you know, a big-name manager comes in or leaves or whatever. They're, they're, those are the times when people actually dig a little deeper. The rest of the time, it just seems to be the same old stuff that gets trotted out. And I, I agree with you. I agree with you that people could do a bit more homework. Yes, they could. I think uh, Matt, Neil, Neil, you got something to add, sorry? Do yeah, you... I was just going to ask, Matt. I, I'm going to take that further on. Hi, Matt. How are you doing, mate? Hello. Um, right. Good. Um, you're saying but good pundits make you stop and think, oh, God, I haven't heard, thought of that. Who mm. in recent times have you worked with where you've mm. sat and just gone, oh, my God, this is brilliant? <laughs> yeah. Because, because well, you, must get, you must get moments where you want to die inside sometimes, but you must also get, <laughs> get fabulous, <laughs> fabulous light bulb moments when you think, blinking heck, he's telling me stuff here I just didn't have a clue about. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I would pick a few out, to be honest, who in one way or, or another have been really uh, illuminating. Now, um, I, I've worked with a good few down the years. I've been lucky enough to work with a good few down the years. Um, the, the one immediately that comes to the forefront of my mind is, is Gordon Strachan. Because although I, before I worked with him, thought, my God, he's going to be a pain in the arse. Right? He, really, <laughs> he, was, he was such hard work as a manager. You know, when you, you caught with him after a game, whether it was at Celtic yeah. or Southampton or whatever, he was so spiky after a match. Yeah. He was so forward. He, he was so emotional about what had just happened. You, you couldn't calm him down, and he was—he he took it out on you as the questioner. Uh, he couldn't wait to put you away. So I thought, oh my God, he's going to be hard work. But actually, he was great. And he—and he to what? If you—the great luxury that in my job is not necessarily what happens in the studio. It's watching a game before, you know. So if you're doing a highlight show or something, or even when we're off air, actually watching the commentators are doing their job, we're waiting to do our bit at half time or full time. It's the insight you get from them off air is the most um, illuminating. When they tell, tell you about what's happening in a match, why a team's doing well or badly, why a certain player is, is worth their weight in gold and another mm. is basically for the outdoor. And, and obviously some of that can only be told off air, but it's, it's mm. very great insight you get from people who've spent a whole life in professional football. You know, they do accumulate an incredible amount of knowledge. How much they can share is down to their willingness to impart it and their articulacy. Now, footballers aren't necessarily blessed with words. They're blessed with feet and, and a picture. 
and and perhaps courage and other gifts that we haven't got as, as fans, but they're not always blessed with the words and and the, and the uh, education that allows them to express what they've learned. But but the odd few are the ones that go into management often are the bright ones, and um, Gordon's one of those. Uh, Roy Keane, obviously, just because must be great with so Roy honest, though. He was so unafraid to say what he thought. You know what I mean? And that yeah. is that is still quite rare because there is a bit of um, there is a bit of an unwritten law, even as as you finish playing, that you don't cross certain lines. But Roy doesn't give a toss about that. You know, he'll say whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with uh, obviously we've been breaking stories week after week with what's going on with Newcastle. Yeah, uh, they've they been picked up with the local paper uh, here. Obviously, we get no credit, but. Uh, Neil's doing quite well. He's had a couple of articles out lately on Newcastle United when it comes well done, to boys. Dubai. Good um, journalism, boys. Good effort. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. He's got common sense, you see. Not many of us have it, but he's got a little bit. But when it comes to um, with what you're hearing from the Gulf, and um, have, you may uh, may know Amanda Stavely, or you may yeah. know of that. Or th- yeah, I've come across th- it, yeah. yeah. Well, well, tell it, because obviously people on here always... I put a I put a, a link on her to see what she's like when she's in a professional scene. So tell me what was she like, and uh, uh, just tell Newcastle fans in the world what what's been your uh, analysis of her. Well, in the brief times that I've come across her, very impressive, as you'd expect, really. You know, anyone that's yeah. working in, in those kind of circles must have great personal skills, great professional yeah. skills, and she does. She's a very impressive woman. What I think is interesting about this situation as far as I understand it right now, is that mm. Amanda Stavely in, in previous years has worked behind the scenes, by and large, as a broker, really, setting up deals for interested investors in football clubs. Why this seems to be different is that, as I understand it, she is proposing to be, if you like, the kind of the front and centre. I'm not saying she's going to be chairwoman, but she mm. will be the public face of the investor or investors. Now, that is a sea change from what she's done in the past. She's been a a deal maker, and then whether it was whoever it might have been, uh, then takes over, and her work is done. Now, in this case, as I understand it, should it happen, she will be the the, the week-to-week, month-to-month, on the ground, controlling uh, interest provider for Mm. the owners. I'm not sure how much money she would put in. I don't think she's necessarily talking about putting in 300 million quid, because I don't think she's Mm. got that, but but she will be the, the, the face of the wealth fund from the Gulf. So that is interesting that she wants to actually get her hands dirty. Yeah, that's, that's certainly how I have been led to believe to understand it at this end of, the, of, of things out here in Dubai. Uh, and that's certainly the word on the, on the ground this side is, is, is exactly as you lay it out there, Matt, is that the, the difference here, unlike when she helped broke out of Man City sale and unlike when she tried to help Dubai, Holdens by 49% of Liverpool, which yeah. she was very much in the background of those deals. This is yeah. one where she's in, allowed herself to be pictured in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. That's not that an accident. Very, very you know, that's no, not done by accident. Not, mate. Absolutely not. And that, that was the point, point I made in one of the articles I wrote, was that do you really think that was an accident? You know, yeah. there, there, there she is sat with our mate Steve Wraith. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That, yeah. That's it. That, now, that, that, that was a real accident, yeah. Now, whether, whether she wants to be a Daniel Levy-type character where she's actually going to run the day-to-day business of the club, buy and sell players, you know, organise the bottom line, actually run the business, or whether she is just a liaison between, let's say, a chief executive uh, of, of, or a chairman of sorts 
and the investors back in the Middle East. I don't know if that's been decided yet. I don't know how much experience she would. She's presumably got of finance, but not of football. And we all know that, you know, if you want to make 500 million quid out of a football club, invest a billion. You know, that is the old gag, you know. <laughs> so uh, if it's a money-making exercise, good luck to you. You know, if you don't know what, what, what football's like, then, then it, it's a brave new world, even for her. So it remains to be seen how hands-on she'll actually be. But I do, as you, understand that uh, it's certainly going to be more up front than... Mm. She has been in the past. You never know, Matt. <laughs> Matt, I was going to say, within six months, we might know what she knows about football, Matt, because we might, you might have her on your show and you might yeah. be interviewing her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Great. Let's hear what she's got to say. You know? That'd be fantastic. You know we've got to have to be on if you're on there, just in the background, just watching what she's saying. But... Oh, yeah. Listen, you, just, you send me the questions. I'll put them to her. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the thing is, obviously, with the, the alleged... like. Because obviously we're not used to this when it comes to any takeover, but um, the fact that there's five of them out there and they've all got um, non-disclosures, yeah. um, is it strange that obviously Amanda came out to you know, hello boys type type appearance, but um, yeah. when it comes to the other ones, you would think there would be some kind of a similar type of thing that she not they haven't got they haven't got a peer but you would think the other ones because we don't know who they are um at mm. all and uh obviously well, i think neil mentioned the other week uh, with the, this guy in um who owns the brooklyn nets have you heard anything about this guy uh, rod, rod neil you tell him Andrew Prokhorov. Prokhorov. Yeah, I, I know I know the name. I actually went to the Mets game uh, last year, so I know a little yes. bit about their their background. I don't know how serious his interest obviously is. That that is not not uh, something I'm I'm able to say. But I, I can listen, tell you a deal off here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what 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 I would say is I don't think in my uh, humble experience you don't get five parties that are all equally serious about one yeah, club. True. There'll be a kind of sliding scale of interest. Some people are looking for a bit of PR and have no realistic uh, interest in actually concluding mm. a deal. Uh, others perhaps have a, a fledgling interest and are looking to see where the numbers are and, and whether it could work for them. They'll have an idea about if I put in X and it costs me Y to buy, you know, where does that leave me? What can I achieve? Can I? Where's the club at now and how far can I take it in terms of either making money or, or uh, interest uh, in spreading my own PR or whatever. Now, for uh, the, the interest from the Middle East, it's not really, I don't think it's not about making money as such. It's about diversifying national economies often. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. certainly been the case with Abu Dhabi and Qatar. You know, they're, what they're trying to do is, is safeguard the future of their nations, really, of their, or, or their um, kingdoms, beyond the oil and gas that they've got for the next 100 years. That's really what they're trying to do. They're trying to use sport as a cultural diversification for their own people, essentially, in the long term. So they're, they're using football as a means to an end. Now, whether the people at Amanda Stavely or others represent uh, thinking similar thoughts, whether they're Dubai-based and so on, uh, I would imagine it would be similar lines. That would be my guess. Uh, when it comes to, obviously, you in the, in the studio, and, uh, yeah, who who is I've obviously I've seen, I've seen spiky Chris Sutton in in your oh, studio. Yeah. Yeah. What because that that to me comes across that they they miss the football side of it 
And yeah. when they watch it, it's like they're teeing off each other. Yeah. It's just because they do, they miss the adrenaline that much. So when it comes to verbal opinions on Newcastle, Everton, Liverpool, uh, you know, could be any club, couldn't it? Mm. Um, it it must be. It, it must re- well. It must get not excited, but it must it must really feed the the beast for people. Instead of them going on to Twitter to to look for the score, at least they get the in, the, the interaction of seeing seeing somebody in that studio, you know, caring about whatever team they're watching, even if they don't necessarily, uh, you know, used to play for them. But I must admit, Chris Sutton just seems to be one of them guys that likes to tee off. Um, it must be, it must be an interesting conversation. Have you ever had to say, "Listen, at the, at the interval, you need to calm down," because it's, it's it's it looks like see, it's, I think it's okay you talking to the the public, telling us what's going on, but having to manage that on top of things going in, being told in your head, that must be yeah. quite an experience too. It can be. I mean, no, not normally. You know, I wouldn't say I've had to particularly rein anybody back. In some ways. Obviously, as the host, you, what you what you kind of want fireworks, don't you? As long as it's not yeah. that, you want you want people giving opinions and being having a debate and so on. Um, listen, they're, they're they're grown lads, and footballers, ex-footballers, current footballers, they're not all of a type. You know, they they're only like the rest of us. They're people, so they'll be a shy one, you know, a show-off one, a clever one, a stupid one, you know, a ginger one, you know, a Vietnamese <laughs> one. You know, yeah, it's. it's it's, it's a smorgasbord of, of personality, so you're trying to make them all shine as best you can. That's your job, you know. You, not, I'm not trying to blow smoke up their bums, but I'm trying to make them look good because that's 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 what I'm there for. Um, and you, you want them to work together. I think some of them do miss a lot of them do miss the dressing room in terms yeah. of, of, of the of the banter, and they're trying to sometimes recreate that. Chris Chris does it with a twinkle in his eye. He, I don't think it's fair to say. I don't think I'm telling any tells out of school to say that you know he, he knows what he's doing he's not always um speaking from the heart he's looking to to, to you know yeah, poke push, sticks push at people buttons, really yeah. push buttons you know yeah. um and and someone like savage is broadly similar he gets more worked up than chris he, he, he isn't quite as calculated he's, he's perhaps a bit more uh, off the cuff and, and a bit more heart on sleeve probably but uh, but he's equally keen to be noticed you know shall we say um, whereas people like Jermaine um, and, and uh, let me think, Steve McManaman, you know, they, they, they don't feel the need to show off. They just want to impart their opinion and their understanding of the game, you know, uh, and, they, and they've was, got a lot to share. Yeah, I, 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 when, when it comes to Jermaine, it's, it's not a question of, because I'll, I'll try and get him on the show with, uh, through yourself when you, when you talk to him, but when it comes to Jermaine, sometimes when he, he speaks about Newcastle, and I've seen him with sometimes uh, have a bit of a spat with Alan Shearer, but um, sometimes when I, when I, this is just my personal point of view, I don't know what the guys think, but, but when, you, when you hear him talk, it's like he never lived here. Right. So, so when you, you're sitting there and you, you're hearing what he says, probably the one thing, and I'll be, I'll, I'm going to be watching when, when, you, when you talk about it, but um, it's, it's like, it's, I think it's because they... How can I put them in a separate universe, aren't they, when it comes to playing football? But I can't remember ever as a football fan, and I'm sure Neil and Steve will understand this bit, but we've never been the type of fans that demand anything. Right. So we, we've never... I've gone back to 
preview history when I was younger, and I thought to myself, well, did I expect Newcastle United to um, finish second, finish fifth, mm. finish seventh? And to be honest with you, I've been, we're, no. we're just happy at this present time to yeah. not get relegated because that's yeah. been the state of the club for ten years. Yeah. So obviously, when you meet, when you see Jermaine, I think um, I just think he. If, if I can't, I, I'll be surprised if he's if he's ever met a Newcastle fan that said, "Listen, Jermaine, we should be winning the the the, the competition, winning a, the, every single competition we're in because that's just it's not fact it's not factually relative when it comes to." Um, any Newcastle United prime because as Neil always says about the cats bit say what the cats bit is Neil to 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 Matt it's like shepherding cats yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like herding cats yeah our support base is exactly like herding cats yeah yeah, yeah I think it, most it's most very hard are, to you know. get them all doing the same thing yeah, I think I think what's good about Jermaine is that you, you can see over the last sort of season or two how he's grown into the role. Yeah, um, I think that, I think what we've seen, uh, especially when he does his analysis, when when he, when he's at the board and he's, and he's good, showing yeah. you some of some of the moves, what's gone on and what's gone wrong, and this type of, I, I find that fascinating. And I was going to ask you, Matt, about the introduction of technology and that, that new technology mm-hmm. that we've got that you know Sky sort of. Uh, started off when when we had the, the Sunday night program where they used the board and, and, and moved things around and, and used that interactive yeah. sort of activity. How's that changed your outlook on mm. football in terms of the presentation? Because obviously you've now got you've now got the two pundits alongside you and they're using those interactive facilities and it's giving you the opportunity to step back. And obviously you're, I would I would think bit like bit like myself, you're learning every game, you're learning an awful lot about the game from those guys, yeah. not just from them talking, but actually physically seeing it. Is it, no, is it has that, has that definitely. helped, yeah? It, it, it definitely helps. Apart from anything else, it gives me a breather. I can, <laughs> I can put my feet up for a couple of minutes, which is great. You know, you, you, as I say, listen, obviously you'll be well aware, all of you, that I'm sure some hosts of shows, they would love it to be all about them. I'm not, yeah, I don't think true. I'm in that category. I, you know, I, I, as I've said, I think I'm there to make the pundits look good, but sometimes they make themselves look good. And I think the technology thing, which is uh, increasingly a, a central part of, how, as you rightly say, how we learn about the inner workings of football and, and the good pundits educate us week in, week out, exactly. uh, exactly. Jermaine being one of them. And we want to learn. We've now developed this appetite for learning, haven't we? We're where perhaps 20 years ago, we were happy there to sit there, watch the action, be told it was a brilliant goal. And, and that was kind of it, really. And, and where do you think they'll finish? Oh, I think they'll finish in the top ten. There was no kind of... The veil was never pulled back to say, well, where, why? You know, tell us what's actually happening with this team and, and what the manager wants and how he works and why that midfield is better than that midfield and, and why that defence is, is organising that one. Not well, who's doing what during the week and who switched off at what point to, to allow a goal to be scored. Um, the, 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 the education is, is increasingly part of how we watch. And we're becoming more knowledgeable as fans, and thus we demand more of our teams as a result, don't we? We, we put up Absolutely. with less nonsense, you know. Uh, when a team or a player plays badly, we see it now. We see it better than we ever used to. Mm. And, um, and, and, and castigate them, uh, and they're, you know, 250 grand a week as a result. Yeah, um, yeah and, and taking that on to the next stage, what, what it also does is, from a player's point of view, uh, they know that that type of analysis is taking place when they, you know, 
99.9% of the people who were at the game wouldn't have even noticed. But now we've all been yeah. noticing because we've all been told by Jermaine or by other punters <laughs> what's happened. And it kind of puts yeah. the pressure on them. But it also helps them to raise that game um, you know, in the mid during the week when they start to, to, to analyse it themselves. And yeah. They're not just being told by the guy who's sitting at, back at the club who's, who's got the video and giving mm-hmm. them analysis that way, but they've, they've already seen it on the Saturday night on Monday yeah. the when, They've gone to bed when, thinking, God, did I do that, you know? <laughs> what, when what you I would, see... What, sorry, what, what, yeah, what, now, what I would yeah. say, what I would say is that uh, you, you'll, even now, even though we now break down games in great detail, mm-hmm. we still focus really on preventing goals and controlling games more than the creative side of the game because actually that is harder to coach and harder to teach so even the best pundits in the end are reduced to saying it's a brilliant pass or an incredible shot or isn't it amazing how he has the picture in his head to pick out that particular ball because in the end that hasn't been coached that's just great players playing great football isn't it really and and we, we haven't yet found a way to illustrate or pass that on to us as the consumer we just lap it up I was going to ask you actually when it comes to the, the football side of it because uh, you used to uh, uh, well you used to be in different sports as well didn't you is there any particular other sport that you you, you take more of an interest in than when, when it's not football I, I, to be honest I am, I am a sports uh, not I think as, as I suppose most, most fans are there's one or two sports that slightly pass me by I've never been a horse racing guy it's just never <laughs> yeah. been something like I've never been. Into, I've never been a, a, a punter, so as a result, it's never caught my fancy. Unlike most football folk, it's just not my my bag. And motorsport, I'm not a petrol head, so it's, again, I kind of, I'll kind of, you know, keep an eye on it, but it doesn't particularly excite me. But most other things, I will watch. I've, I've for various reasons, always been a, a, a big fan of uh, of snooker, for instance. I've done quite a lot in snooker. Uh, worked quite a bit with Ronnie uh, in recent years. I, 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 I love the artistry and the the, 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 the talent and the, 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 the intelligence that goes into snooker, I think it's an incredible, it's like a surgery, you know, um, sometimes to watch them play. It's the precision and, the, and the, the genius at work is, is a hell of a thing to see. I love my cricket. I'm going off to do the Ashes this winter, the oh, BT really? in, in Australia. So that's, you know, Ooh. the thing is sometimes the breadth of what you can do is, is the best part of your job, you know. So doing the same thing every week, even if it's a great thing, doing the Champions League or whatever, you, you you can if you're if you're daft you can start to take it for granted. So it's good for you, me, and as a broadcaster to put on your toes from time to time. Mm-hmm. So doing something different like this uh, will will ask a lot of me. I did the Tour de France, for instance, for uh, the telly in the summer, and I love my cycling. So um, it's nice to learn. You know, I think the day you stop learning about sport is the day you become less interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I hope, I hope that I hope you never get. Uh, sent to Newcastle Racecourse on a cool, wet Friday night <laughs> to on that and <laughs> stick, with, stick with the cricket at the Ashes in Australia. You're doing well. Yeah. It's very hot, though. I'm going there in February, so I can just imagine what it's, yeah. it's, well, it's going to be really hot. Um, are you, going to, are you there for the whole series? I'm there for two months. Yeah, I'm going on the 18th of November to Brisbane, uh, and I come back on the 10th of January uh, after the first hit test in Sydney. So uh, it's a it's a grand tour, fellas. It's a grand Ooh, tour. Excellent, yeah. excellent. You'll love and it. Plus, Stokes, the Stokes factor is going to be interesting. How that how that uh, turns out yeah. as well. That's an interesting storyline because he could he could essentially still go, couldn't he? He could. I suspect from what I'm hearing, he won't be there at the start for for one reason or another, whether it's injury. Mm police matters etc 
but I think we all, as if we're England fans, uh, hope that he, he can rock up at, at some point and ride to the rescue uh, and put in a, dare I say, a thumping good performance somewhere or other. <laughs> <laughs> before before you go, um, when it comes to when it comes to Stokes, um, if the two gentlemen, if they can't get the two guys who started all this off, yeah. there's essentially no case, is there? You would think. Well, the, the very fact, you know, I'm, no, I'm not privy to information any more than you guys, but the very fact that they're asking, the, asking for witnesses at this point suggests to me that there's a fair chance it's not going to go any further. Now, you know, as I say, I don't presume anything. But if that's the case, maybe it'll it'll wither away. But obviously, the police have to say at some point we're not pursuing charges in this matter because if they don't, it remains open. And if yeah. it's open, I don't think the ECB can be asking to get on a plane because what happens if he gets on a plane and the next week the police say we're pressing charges, he needs to come back for a court date. I mean, it becomes a circus. So realistically, yeah. I think unless the police say it's done and it's over and there are no charges to be pursued, then then he can concentrate on being fit and available. But until they say that, uh, we're, in, we're, we're in, in, in limbo, really. Yeah, because I, I had to apply for a, a visa, and it actually says before you, you do your visa, have you, been, uh, have you got a criminal record? Yeah. And, if you do, and if you've got one, like I haven't got one, um, he would have to say the same thing. So it, it, one, thing, one thing affects another, doesn't it, really, in essence? Okay. So. So uh, be that, would that would rule out most footballers from home to Australia, wouldn't it? So, you know. <laughs> the uh, the, uh, the irony of that is not lost on some of us. I was, I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Matt. I do appreciate it. Well, I'll talk. Obviously, it would be nice to have you on before the end of the scene as well. And uh, no, speak, to, all... speak to Chris. <laughs> keep hold of that, Ebenezer, if you can. Keep your, keep your fingers locked. We are. <laughs> we will. Appreciate that, Matt. Thanks very much. Cheers, Kevin. Brilliant, thank you. Bye. I tell you what, it took a while for, to get Matt on, but my goodness, what a what a great guest, eh? Fabulous time, to have him on. Every time we've had him on, Andrew, he's the, the man is top drawn. I tell you what, in, in 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 two paragraphs there, for me, he showed how well he knows football, how well he knows the business of football, and how knowledgeable he is on all matters like that. I'm very, very impressed. Yeah, I'll be linking. I'll be linking up with them on uh, LinkedIn so so he can listen back to the show. And if you look at it, actually, normally they, I'm trying to stick to a 15 minute window for a guest. But you know that 45 minutes just flew by. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant, what I like, brilliant. What I like. What I like about Matt Andrew is that he, whenever he's on the TV, he's quite calm. He, he's the calm head in the studio, and he, and he comes over. And I think the only, when you when it comes to the commercial break. You always get the impression he doesn't actually want to go to the commercial break. He's doing it as though it's some sort of, oh, we're going to have to stop this. He wants to keep the thing going all the time. And it's kind of, you know, he doesn't want to stop it. He doesn't, we don't want it to stop, but he has to go to the commercial break. And he comes back and he's, he's straight back into it again, you know. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's, he's a likeable chap as well. I think, you know, there's always a smile on his face when he's on the show. And uh, I, I think that, uh, I think Neil's right. You know, the, the professionalism and the, the, the knowledge that he has of, of mm. the sport that he's into um, is, is second to none, you know. Yeah, that, that obviously he was called the ITV Smoothie back in October <laughs> 2004. So there's obviously a reason for that because he is. That's the good thing about him. He's, when you, if it's not just one sport that he knows, he knows multiple sports, and, and it's it, not many people go to go to Australia 
and front up the coverage there yeah, because they are normally they they have um diff, you know I would suggest more cricket type people on there, but he'll be in there for two months, so I'm sure it'll be an absolute blast watching. Yeah. I, I forgot to ask him what channel he's going to be on. Do you know what's is going to be? I I think you said BT, mate. BT Sport, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. should be interesting. But like, um, obviously, I, we, we talked mainly about um, what he was doing and what uh, when it comes to Dubai. So uh, when it comes to the, but it, the interesting thing about Amanda Stavely, how uh, nice and personable she came across to him, especially that comes, that just goes into everything that we've heard and uh, when it comes when it comes to Amanda, so it, it sounds pretty positive that what, what what she can bring to Newcastle. Yeah, I, I think what 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 you'll see if if Newcastle United uh, do end up being purchased by uh, the consortium that Amanda's currently heading up, and obviously she is uh, the front for as we know for a, a sovereign wealth fund. And and if she is going to have some involvement in the club, I think it'll be behind the scenes. It'll not be, as he says, as a chief executive or anything like that. It'll be very much um, as a person who's going around. Um, keeping the interests of the of the owners, uh, taking the way that they wanted to go, um, leaving the day-to-day management to a different team, uh, with Rafa very much at the forefront of, of things like that and making sure that he's happy. Um, and I think that uh, what she'll also be bringing in is from a marketing um, and business perspective, uh, pr- helping to promote the club uh, worldwide, you know, getting the, getting the, the people um, involved in and basically turning the football club in from just a football club uh, that plays in the Premier League to something that can embed itself within the community, that can bring business to the community, um, that can can put their um, their flag, if you like, with the Newcastle United flag attached to it, um, out there into the into the business world, um, and and help showcase hopefully the city, show showcase the uh, the area, the region, yeah. um, and and make Newcastle. Uh, very much at the forefront of, of their business acumen mm. and their business uh, dealings that they're looking at. Exactly. You know? yeah. So okay. there's a lot there, a lot there yeah. for us, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'd like to bring in my next guest this evening, that's Lee Johnson calling from Chester Street. Good evening, Lee. How are you? I'm good. You? I'm not too bad, not too bad. So uh, it's been an interesting week for Newcastle. I think we're at that stage now where we've got these bidders that are circling uh, Newcastle. Uh, obviously, Amanda's the one that's front and centre of everything. I think for me, the interesting thing is going to be, and as Neil has mentioned tonight, a, a new wrinkle to the story of Newcastle United that uh, Bahrain uh, seem to be entering the fray. Uh, I think Neil mentioned about the fact that uh, the, the, when it comes, to, it might not they might not have lots and lots of money, but it's interesting that Bahrain are being now linked with Newcastle, and uh, you were there Saturday. Um, it'll uh, a wet and windy Newcastle and uh, not the best game to watch was it? I'm just getting over it. <laughs> <laughs> I, had mother, I had the mother of all hangovers yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't a very good game but um, I, I think you've mentioned a couple of times on Twitter and we've all mentioned that um, the team stick with it. And, uh, that's uh, right. That's the beauty of this side. Beauty of the side, Andrew. Every single game we've played in this season, we've been in. Um, even the, if you if you look at the games that we've lost, take out Tottenham with the Shelby sending off. The two games we lost to Brighton and um, Huddersfield. You know, we're one goal away from probably winning that game. If we take the lead in the game, that those two teams probably don't come back in it. He keeps us 
He keeps us in games, um, which is more likely to lead to us winning points or getting points or getting the odd point here. Now, that's why I've always been convinced that we'll stay up this season, regardless of anyone, regardless of any experts saying we've got a championship squad or eleven. We're incredibly well organised, we're disciplined. Um, like I said, he keeps us in games. It's great. It's great. It's absolutely uh, watching us defend is absolutely wonderful. I, I don't any. I, I, don't, can't believe anyone would kind of complain about it. It's not attacking, mm-hmm. it's not flowing, it's great. I love watching the way we move as one, it's fantastic. I think the, uh, the, 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 I, I can't remember a time when I've ever felt so comfortable mm-hmm. with us not in possession. Yeah. A weird thing to say, but because um, of the stupid restrictions on the games out here at the minute, um, the only way, way me and a few of the lads had to follow the game was on somebody's phone watching the statistics flow on Bet365's live game app. Yeah. Uh, and one, one of them kept getting obsessed with the possessions stuff. Yeah. And we kept looking at them like, and? What are they doing with it? What are they doing with it? You know, and, 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 yep. and that's, that's absolutely it. It's almost like we play this basketball game. It's almost like a half-court press in basketball. So you're right, you can have the ball to halfway, and then once you get to halfway, we're going to make your life difficult. And it's great. You're absolutely right. It's fab to watch. Yeah, with, and not only that, what we ended up with was uh, a game that resulted in absolutely no shots on target from the opposition. <laughs> yeah. and, and for some reason, national newspapers putting uh, Elliot in as the team top the goalkeeper of the team day. Of the I looked at it, and it could only be in the team because he was the only goalkeeper who never conceded a goal. <laughs> mm. I think um, that when, when you see it, uh, I don't know what you thought about um, the Lejeune. Um, I'm still obviously I'm, I'm I'm watching it. Uh, are you are you seeing a better defence with with Kieran or would you would you take off Mangrillo and put in Kieran on the left hand side? Or? He, that yeah, that um, that is wonderfully talented, Andrew. <laughs> He's quality. I know that one mistake at Southampton, but he was quality for the rest of the night. He was quality on Saturday as well. Um, but it's nice to have. I, I wouldn't be playing Kieran Clark at full back if I didn't have to, because Mankiw has been outstanding when he comes in. Just another example of Sunderland, foot, Sunderland football fans not seeing a footballer, because um, he's been absolutely outstanding since he's come in. But he's playing under different circumstances, a different manager who obviously sees something in him. Um, having Kieran Clark, uh, Jamal Lasselle, and uh, Lejeune available to us is wonderful. And, and the, one, the big thing that you're going to have, Andrew, is remember Rafa is. Uh, pragmatic in his approach when it comes to games he looks at statistics all week and if somebody's dropping below levels he's not dropping them he's just playing who he thinks is up to speed for this game mm. um, Kieran Clark only never played only never played at Southampton because he was away for two weeks with the national team much like uh, Marino and Benitez would have been planning for Southampton the minute that kind of the game that, that Monday ticked around so that's probably why so it's good to have options it's great to have options yeah, it's, it, I think uh, probably that's the main thing, isn't it? It's like um, it was nice to watch him uh, playing that game. He just seems to have a, a lot of calmness about him, and um, yeah, he made he was booked for one. He was pulling back a player, but um, to me, you, you never really thought that. You know, watching Newcastle is never easy at the best of times, but um, I did expect it to be a bit more open. But uh, when you watch the game, I don't know what you thought, Neil. When it was. You know, it, to me, it was like it was like hoofing it. It's like there was it. It was like we had the ball. We go back to them. It was like that all day. Then Marino comes on, 
uh, which I found interesting that he kept the same team. But um, it was to me, it was really good to, to you know, that they we had the options off the bench uh, to bring on, and they, they they made a difference for sure. Uh, Andrew, we had this bit last season about combinations, and you'd you'd see him play. Um, Mitrovic and Perez and Gail and Diarmi up front as in, in pairs and rotate pairs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now got more options, and I think this is this comes to the Lejeune Clark thing and mm-hmm. the Hayden mm-hmm. Shelby Marino thing. Um, I think you'll find he'll pick and choose games where he thinks players will do a job in a specific way for mm-hmm. a specific opposition in a specific mm-hmm. um, manner, or can hurt an opposition in a specific way in a specific manner and as proved um, he was preparing for a Palace team who would come to fight and have a goal mm. and then as we wore them down as they tired out he then has the luxury to bring somebody like Mourinho on who then not only did he get the goal there's two or three times when I've seen the game back um, he come damn close to unlocking the door on one occasion before and one occasion after and mm. and it's a luxury to do that now. We now have a yeah. ability to do it. But I think you'll find Rafa will simply pick his team for a moment, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And we still seem to be, as a fan base, getting used to that. Mm-hmm. I still see Twitter debates about, oh, God, he's picked this one and he's picked <laughs> that one and who's in here. Well, do you know what? Why don't we trust the guy that's won the Champions League? Mm-hmm. And let thanks, get on thanks Steve. I know, I know you've got to go now. Thanks for Steve. Yep. Hasty. We'll, we'll catch you next week. Yep. Take care, guys. Cheers, 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 Steve. Take care. Good to catch up with you, mate. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the thing, isn't it? We, we, there have been a few uh, negative. Do have to wind our bloody necks in and just let them get on with it and trust them. We had this a bit with the goalkeepers last season. We had this a bit with. Um, <laughs> He played Lascelles a few times towards the end of last season. Then it only came out at the end of the season. He played most of those games with a bloody double hernia. Yeah, he was yeah. clearly he was clearly wrecked last season. By the way, yeah. I'm yeah. telling you now that he was clearly wrecked last season. There was a moment in that game Saturday when he absolutely rinsed a half a pace, mm. and I turned to my mate and I just said he was clearly wrecked last season. He mm. breezed past the heart and the heart and shift. Right. He just breezed past him. He's built like a heavyweight boxer, man, and he can run like you see in Bolt. And I have to say, what a humble man. That, what a, a lo- man. lovely, lovely, lovely response to his player of the month award. Did you see him? That's, did a, you, that's a leader, that's a captain. Did you see his interview about the flag? Yes. And he just went, he just went, uh, oh God, that's mega. He said, I, I couldn't believe it. I had a double take and he just said, that's massive, that. It's massive. I, you know, I, I didn't, he's 23 year old. He's clearly had, he's clearly got a good um, upbringing. He's, his mum's on Twitter and things like that. Mm-hmm. Until he comes to, I've seen him a couple of times at the match. Yeah, all the, all of his mum on Twitter. I've seen, I've seen him, I've seen him, I've seen his mum and um, his dad and his uh, couple of and his little brothers at the, um, the, the away matches and the, they just look well, well grounded, mm-hmm. and he is very well grounded. It's wonderful to have a captain like him, and uh, I think he, he's systematic with everything that you see, and which is coming down through the manager in terms of he tries to it looks like he tries to get them all together to go out and do things together, not leaving anyone out. And you can see it; it's 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 there, it's there on the pitch. They leave no one behind. Fantastic. 
None of these Sissoko type characters. It's wonderful to see. I love it. Yeah, it's great. It, it is great to watch. It's it's like uh, one of those when you when you when you know the teams playing together and even even the winner was a typical Newcastle, wasn't it? <laughs> like that their player heads it onto Marino, and you know after such a a turgid game, watch it back and forward. The relief of just winning the game to think, right, okay, we're going to be going away against Burnley next week, next Monday night, and that that should be an interesting game as well. And the, the team, that's why when you when you hear these stories coming out that he's going to get five hundred million, whoever takes over, it's like I, I don't, it, no way, shape, or form. The problem we're in now at the moment. Every time I see this, and you guys are probably aware that we're being linked with the Danny Ings of this world, which will be alone. So I can I can never understand why the the press come out and say it's going to be five hundred thousand, it's going to be five hundred million pounds, but we're being linked with players on loan, but we've been linked with these these guys for a long, long time, and uh, I, I think Danny Ings will be a pretty I uh, really, interesting. I, I wouldn't really trust any paper unless it's coming out the likes of George Cogan's mouth. To be fair, I, I think, uh, I, Lee, Lee, I think there's about three journalists who can genuinely trust that. Kevin Craig Hope, Craig Hope. I can hardly hear anybody now, but um, I think we have a problem with the line now, now, actually. Can you hear us now? Um, Andrew, what? hello, can you hear me? <laughs> uh, no, I, it's, it's awful, actually. I can hardly hear anybody. But Is it? I can hear you. I'll, just, hear you. I'll try and get... I know John's me, listening, yeah, so I'll, I'll get rid of John to see, and he'll obviously call back, but... Okay. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, the line is the line isn't isn't great tonight but we, we managed to get everybody in and um uh, it's been a it's been a great show and uh, uh i'll 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 give it one more try but um it, it i think with the game coming up um it's it's gonna it the week's gonna be quite a good week especially with uh newcastle not playing in midweek so we should be we should be primed ready for burnley whether burnley have their manager um in in the dugout is going to be an interesting scenario that will play out uh, with with the rest of the week with the Everton role, especially if Dyche gets that gets that job. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week, and uh, at least for once, Newcastle United uh, are in a great spot. Seventh in the league is tremendous, and let's uh, just hope um, it can get better and better. But uh, I'll try and bring in John as the final call of this evening. See if I can hear him. Good evening, John. How are you? Good evening, mate. How are you doing, guys? You good? Hi, how are you? We're obviously we're having a bit of difficulty with the line tonight, but um, uh, just just recently just crept up on me a little bit. But uh, tell me, John, um, if you don't get cut off <laughs> with regards to the line, but... Um, hey, Sam. Yeah, it sounds okay. Good now. <laughs> I but can tell hear me, everybody. I oh, can good. Everybody. Good. Yeah. Thank, thank God for that. headphones in, Andrew. <laughs> no, they're plugged in well and truly. But like, no, he's, getting, he's getting old, man. It's just he can't hear properly. <laughs> no, it's definitely going. It might go off in a minute. Who knows? Ooh. But tell me, t- tell me, John. He's got, that, um, he's got that smell about him, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gone off again. Oh dear. Um, so t- t- tell me, John. Uh, what was your feeling on on Saturday? And obviously the breaking news tonight that Bahrain are interested in Newcastle United. What, what's your thoughts on the game first of all? Right, so I'm rather than good because I came out from Turkey, but I saw the highlights sort of thing. I mean, it was it's just gonna. I don't think it was gonna end nil nil at the end of the day. Yeah, um, it's breaking the, up the line, uh, unfortunately. Uh, um, I can't hear what you're saying, John. But um, you said you were, uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, but you said you were in, you watched it. You you were in Turkey, yeah? Because I saw you 
seemed to enjoy yourself. It must. It's always nice when Newcastle win and uh, you can enjoy enjoy your holiday at the same time, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it just gives that little buzz, doesn't it? At the end of the day, you can enjoy yourself. You can win game. You could just um, it's just fantastic. I mean, any Newcastle win, I mean, it's um really really good. But um, on Saturday we needed the three points and um. We're having a fantastic season, are we? Sort of thing. I mean, I don't expect us to be in the top six or top seven at this moment in time, but we just can't keep going to believe in ourselves. And um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I've, I've got a problem with the line, John. I can I can hardly hear anybody no. at the minute. It seems to go on and off. So, um, uh, thanks everybody coming in tonight. I'll try and stick to uh, Neil after the show. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's um, Brock. Okay, yeah, it's just I can hardly. It, keeps, it seems to be breaking up, but um, the line sounds like it's probably from. It sounds like it's Sunderland uh, second bottom of the Champions. Yeah, there's, there's always a problem with this line. I don't know what, to, it, but uh, like even then, I can I can't even hear John. I can hear you speaking, but but then John yeah. speaks. It seems to be a dodgy line. So we'll leave it for now, and uh, we'll catch everybody again next week, and hopefully the line will be better. But thanks so much, everybody. For coming really on to Two Talk. Thanks very really much. Really Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah.